There's so many great things happening in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's like in the Book of Esther. God has placed each of us in this local church for a time like this. We're just all people, people of God. You know, we're all human. We're all fallen. We're all sinners. I think we put on Christ, we put on love. Put on Christ with us as we learn to witness in new ways, find inspiration in those around us, and look for guidance from the Holy Spirit, our Holy Mother Church, and the shepherds of our local church. Because we're all on a journey. Continue this journey with us now with another episode of Practicing Catholic. Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. The ongoing war between Israel and Hamas following the terrorist attacks on Israelis on October the 7th probably has you and your families, co-workers, and others thinking and talking about the history and dynamics of the Jewish people and the Palestinians. It may also have you thinking about the relationship between the Catholic Church and our Jewish sisters and brothers. Well, here to help us with all of it is Father Eric Rutten, pastor of Christ the King and St. Thomas the Apostle in Minneapolis. Father, great to have you on the show. It's good to see you as well. Thanks for joining us. Good to be with you. Well, first, Father, as somebody who's worked for many years with our Jewish and Muslim sisters and brothers through the Archdiocesan Commission for Ecumenical and Interreligious Affairs, what's life for you, what's life been like for you since the October 7th attacks and the fighting since then? Yeah, it breaks your heart because I do know folks on both sides of that equation and not um, just kind of generic people way across the world, but people right here in our community that are deeply, deeply connected and invested and I just, I just know everyone is suffering. So it's been, been very, very hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, amen to that. I, I've spent a number of summers myself in the Holy Land and gotten to know um, Palestinians, gotten to know Jews that, who are living there, and my, heart's, uh, my heart has been out to them always, but ever since especially these, uh, this war has sprung up. What about um, the Catholic Church's view of... Um, well, of interreligious inter relationships in general, but maybe more specifically with Jews and with Muslims. Any comments on that? I mean, what does the church encourage in, ter in terms of how we view our sisters and brothers of other faiths? Yeah, uh, there's a very special relationship with our brothers and sisters uh, within Judaism. This is the faith of our, uh, of our ancestors. This is the faith from which Jesus himself is born. Um, and this is the, the context within which we understand our own faith in Christianity. You can't understand Jesus if, if you don't understand Judaism. So we feel a very close kinship uh, with them, and I'm just very grateful that we're able to uh, foster that even in difficult times. Mm, yeah. Well, I know that this is, we're coming up on the 60th anniversary of Nostra Aetate, which is an important document in the church's history. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Nostra Aetate uh, is written and promulgated in 1965, but the conversation started probably all the way back to 1960. Um, and if you think back, that's only 15 short years uh, or so roundabouts uh, from the Second World War and the horrors of the Holocaust, the Shoah. Uh, it just So that is still very fresh in everyone's minds. And uh, the milieu is uh, wanting to speak to that issue and specifically how did, what role did Christianity play in, in, in providing a context for the anti-Semitism that was happening? Uh, but also uh, how can we uh, more properly talk about our relationship with them, given what we know about the love of God and the victory in Jesus Christ and all, all of that. So it comes out of that milieu uh, in the early, early 60s. 
the name Nostra Aetate just simply means in our times. So again, pointing to that very difficult era. Pope John the Twenty Third, having been a diplomat himself, uh, was very, very uh, interested in uh, uh, this issue and how it was playing out on the world stage at the time. So he really, uh, when other people were saying, "Don't, uh, don't go there, don't talk about this," Pope John the Twenty Third was very strong about it. Hmm. Wow. So with that being the case, with him being so strong about it, then um, was he was he met with a lot of opposition with his views toward uh, specifically the Catholic Church's involvement or attitude towards uh, those of other religions? Yeah, it was actually a very difficult time. Uh, you, you might remember the Jewish state itself, the state of Israel coming into existence after that time and uh, very concerned it if the church were to say one thing or the other, that you'd get into trouble on, on one side or the other. Uh, remembering also that there, uh, among the Palestinians are many Christian Palestinians and the difficulty right. of, of that situation. So uh, what started as a document specifically about the church's relationship with Judaism was expanded to speak also about Muslims, to speak also about all faiths and our relationship with all faiths. Mm, right. And so uh, the takeaways that you would see from specifically from Nostra Aetate is how how does it apply now as, as 60 years later? And maybe especially in the you mentioned the milieu in which we find ourselves now. So in our times now with ongoing conflict, ongoing war in the Middle East, and then many people who are bearing the brunt of some of the sufferings of that war around the world. How does it apply now, Father? The, uh, the anti-Semitism that we saw in the Second World War uh, is we're seeing uh, after this conflict started between Israel and Hamas, uh, we're seeing a somewhat of a, of, a, of a showing of that, a revealing that some of that residual anti-Semitism remains, which is not, uh, uh, we, we can't tolerate that. So uh, the, the lessons of Nostra Aetate uh, uh, that really we share a common humanity. Uh, we're all one origin. We're, we're all seeking to know where we came from and where we're going. All of that provides a context even today for, um, for engagement and dialogue and not, not battles. We're speaking with Father Eric Rutten, pastor of Christ the King and St. Thomas the Apostle in Minneapolis about Nostra Aetate proclaimed uh, a declaration on the relation of the church to non-Christian religions that we're coming up on 60, the 60th anniversary of and how it applies today. Well, as we continue the conversation then, um, what influence would you say Nostra Aetate had on the church both then and what, again, how, how might that continue to have shaped interreligious relationships then and all the way up leading to the present day? Well, I think prior to the council, there was a little bit of a sense of um, the church being at arm's length from dialogue with the rest of the world. They wanted to give permission really, uh, not only to engage in conversations, but really deepen our friendships and our relationship, uh, not only with uh, Judaism and Jews, but also with Muslims, with, with all faiths. Um, and I think there really was an outpouring of excitement around that possibility of engaging one another. Lots of dialogue centers sprung up, Right here locally, we have the J. Phillips Center, uh, which is housed at both at the University of St. Thomas and at St. John's University. Many of these kind of mechanisms mm -hmm. for really engaging one another came out of that time. 
and it just renews the importance of, of doing that today. Um, it, it, the, the, uh, the way forward, as Pope Francis keeps telling us, is, um, is not retrenchment, but is even more to engage one another and to and dialogue with one another. To, and the word he loves is encounter one another, not as simply yeah. um, uh, the other, but really as a brother or sister. Uh, very, yeah. very important, as especially in our times. So for those in the archdiocese, we always like to boil down to the practical. Uh, how does that happen? I mean, how can we intentionally encounter those of other faiths, maybe specifically those who are of the Jewish faith, those of the Muslim faith? Um, how can we help that encounter to come about? Where uh, Any practical suggestions you might have, Father? Yeah, I think there are formal ways, formal events that can be organized, uh, whether by organizations like the J. Phillips Center or uh, or other, even the archdiocese itself, other types of, of gatherings and events. Uh, but it can also happen quite locally. So in any parish that you're in, to kind of look around and say, who are your neighbors? Who is around you? And how can you uh, reach out or host an event? Um, so uh, here in the West Metro Bethel Synagogue, uh, close by my two parishes, um, so can, can I reach out to them and, and build relationships in that way? Not just me personally, kind of minister to minister, but are there events that our communities can do? It sounds easy, but that is, that is a challenge. There's so much going on in our lives and in our world. But it, it becomes a priority when you see the fighting not only in Gaza, but also the anti-Semitism that, mm. uh, that we're experiencing even all around us. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And I know that just speaking anecdotally and personally for a moment is that just my first trip overseas where I was part of the minority culture in a in a place where, you know, I wasn't uh, I was I was the the walking freak show actually. I was the I was the white-skinned guy who was from, you know, somewhere far far away that everybody turned and looked at and everything. But that had a profound effect on me in starting to understand what it's what it's like to be in another culture and to try to begin to uh, assimilate in some ways or to to engage in that way. And I think, Father, I think there are ways of doing that even in the Twin Cities, even of being able to um, go to a section of the Twin Cities that is you know, perhaps mostly of another culture, even just going out to eat at a restaurant that is largely, say, Somali or something like that, that there's ways of doing it even that simply, yeah? Well, I completely agree. And and uh, the more we do that, the easier it becomes. It, it begins to feel actually enriching. Uh, you know, there's always the hesitation up front and, and a little certain anxiety or fear, but if we're able to get past that, it definitely opens something up inside of us and between us. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, again, I would say that um, my welcome in those places has always been outstanding. And even though I was the walking freak show, people were very, very kind. And uh, that's something that I encountered as well. Well, Father, as you continue to uh, as you continue to pastor and as you continue to minister in this sort of thing, how might how might you suggest that your people and us, the practicing Catholic listeners, how might we pray for uh, for everything that's going on again in the conflict, but also for a strengthening of our relationships with our Jewish brothers and sisters, as you said, and then uh, with those of other faiths as well? Yeah, in the times past, uh, the church has uh, turned specifically to the rosary when it feels like uh, there's nothing much else we can do. Uh, prayer 
is always so powerful. In fact, even if there are other things we can do, prayer is still an important part. Pope Francis has been asking us to do that from the beginning. But historically, Mary, the Queen of Peace, uh, has uh, been a strong uh, uh, go-to for us all. The patriarch of Jerusalem, uh, Cardinal Pierre uh, Battista Pizzaballa, which is one of the greatest names, I think, in our <laughs> in our clergy today. Uh, he is called specifically for um, prayer to Mary under the title, and I'm trying to think if this is right, um, Our Lady of, of Peace. And But there's a, something else that I'm missing there, but specifically to turn to Mary. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, it's. I don't think it's far from people's minds that this is this conflict is going on in areas uh, right in and around where our Lord, our Lady uh, themselves walked, and uh, where they are. They would have been very familiar with these areas, and it's heartbreaking all the more for those of us who you know have its connection to these places and to the people that are still there, but um, that who who lived and and. Uh, lived and ministered there are, are, of course, so 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 important to us in our faith. Well, Father, um, thank you for taking the time to be with us on Practicing Catholic. But before before we let you go, just a couple more, well, one, one question and then a blessing, which is um, any ways that we can specifically support you or support the interreligious work being done in the in and around the Archdiocese, whether it's through the J. Phillips Center or uh, any, any other ways that we can be helpful in interreligious dialogue. Yeah, I don't mean to keep plugging the J. Phillips Center, but I think that really is a central um, a place for us to go in these times. Um, the Minnesota Catholic Conference, I know, is engaging uh, very strongly in many, many different types of relationships, uh, interfaith, but also um, among Christians, ecumenical, uh, to foster better relationships among us. So those are a couple of key places. Encourage your pastor, um, you know, see if there might be a way for uh, your particular parish to support um, a prayer event during Advent, I think would be wonderful, or uh, look for other opportunities. Very good. And then, Father, at the last, if we could get a blessing from you before we let you go, please. Yes. Through the intercession of Mary, Queen of Peace, we ask uh, for, uh, Lord, that you send uh, justice and peace upon all people. We ask in a special way for the region of Israel, Palestine and Gaza. We ask your blessing for all the listeners that our hearts might be continually opened to engaging with one another, uh, not only in dialogue, but in a way also to proclaim, Lord, the good news of your victory of peace over all violence. We ask your grace upon us all in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Father Rutten, it's been so good to speak with you again. God bless you and all you do. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you, Patrick. You can find out more about the J. Phillips Center. I found it very easily by just uh, giving, doing an internet search under J, J-A-Y, Phillips, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S Center, and it comes right up there. You can click on it and find out all the good things that are going on there at the J. Phillips Center. So check it out. Thank you for listening. Follow us on social media at Practicing Catholic Show to see what's coming up next. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe to be the first to know when the next episode of Practicing Catholic is released.